Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Uh, as Pastor Jim mentioned, uh, there's going to be something going on this evening for the graduates. This, and one of the parents talked to me this morning. She said, you know, well, welcome to your favorite and least favorite uh, Sunday of the year. Because a couple years back I mentioned that this is my favorite, my favorite message and also my least favorite to deliver at any point in time. And I think I should explain that because why it's so my least favorite first is because it's, it's a time in which we're watching graduates move on, uh, students that we've invested in, uh, well, at least I've had a hand in investing in for six years, are now going to be um, stepping out. I said to, to Pastor Jim once that, you know, you, you don't, I have, wait, let me say it this way, I don't have the luxury you have because my congregation keeps turning over every six years. <laughs> you know, he, he at least has a congregation that lasts a little bit longer <clears throat> than six years. So right about the time um, we see all of the leadership and the p- full potential of what we have been, uh, been able to put into our students come to fruition, they're gone like that. So it's a least favorite, but it's also a favorite because it's, it's a time of celebration. As a family, we want to celebrate. We want to celebrate, uh, as a church family, we want to celebrate the lives of these teenagers and where they're going and how uh, God is going to use them in the future. So uh, the service this morning is going to spend some time in the Word, and then this evening we're going to spend some time in the fellowship. So the youth group is going to come over to our house and use the park, and we're going to have burgers and hot dogs for all the underclassmen. And this, every year it's, it's become a tradition, uh, sort of instituted this tradition. We've, we've always had an after, after youth group party but, um, and, and a graduation service, but uh, one of the things I'd been saying to the teenagers for years was, you know, find that thing that you, you love to do, that you just really enjoy, and use it to serve God. Um, use it in worship. Uh, use it as an expression of worship. I love to cook. And one year, I cooked, I said to the graduates, I said, what do you want for dinner? I'll make it for you. And, oh. <laughs> and so, I, I had uh, pad thai noodles one year, well, actually, that year I had, I had like six different things that they wanted. So I made six different meals. And then, it, then when you're you know, salmon or I want, I want steak, I want lobster. <laughs> you know, like, okay. So this year, here's where we landed. We landed with uh, Steak de Alaska, which is, <laughs> gasp, which was uh, a bacon-wrapped uh, prime cut of beef, uh, slow cooked over alderwood, ooh, um, topped with bernays, crab meat, and grilled asparagus. Uh, there was some a Hawaiian pork involved in there, uh, some shrimp scampi, and uh, some tarragon. By the way, tarragon shrimp scampi and a uh, and shrimp cocktail. So I'm pleased to say that our graduates are exercising their freedom in Christ and foregoing kosher law. With, <laughs> we've got bacon and shrimp and crab and all that fun stuff. So we celebrate, and the underclassmen have burgers and hot dogs. <laughs> no, 
but it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a good time of fellowship and friendship. And so that's the celebration continuing on. Uh, getting ready for uh, the party. Every year we get ready for the party over at our house. And we you know, get the furniture set up. We clear the deck. Uh, I have to put away some of my projects. So uh, my wife says, you know, can you get those, out, those eyesores out of the way? And sure, we take care of those things. And we, we clean. And, we, and Candace likes to go out. She likes to you know, do a little gardening and, and, and you know, get, the, get the flower beds looking nice and doing all that. And this year particularly, we've noticed that the flower beds, not just at our house, but around the neighborhood, people have been putting in raised gardens. And we've got a neighbor down on the corner who um, his house... Uh, has become a farm. Uh, I, I, he's, there are, uh, he's got beans growing and corn and melons, squash, all sorts of stuff all the way around his house. And, and I, I don't know if he inspired everybody else or everybody inspired him, but there's the neighborhood itself is just lots and lots of, of gardens just popping up all over our neighborhood. And this morning, this is how, this is how, how, I don't want to say how bad it's getting, but how, how contagious it's become. This morning, I got up and as part of our Sunday morning ritual, you know, I'll, I'll grind the beans and make the coffee and, and I'll bring Candace her cup if she's like maybe gone for a run or she's, you know, done whatever. And I, and I, I, can't, I can't find my, where's my wife? And I walk around the house, upstairs, downstairs, everywhere, laundry room, every, where's my wife? And I find her out in the front yard watering her flowers with a smile. And I said, hey, found my wife. And she said, I think I can understand why people like to garden. And I said, yeah, why is that? She said, it's tranquil. It's peaceful. It's beautiful in the morning. And the smell and everything. And I thought, little did she know, she was my introduction for this morning because, you know, Gardening is what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Everybody's doing it. Candace is doing it. Uh, if you think about it, our story begins as humanity in a garden. Um, you know, and there are many times when Jesus references about our faith, it being like seeds, or there's parable of the, the, the sower who scatters seeds. Uh, the synoptics talk about those. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. We get so many references to seeds and things of that nature. We're going to look at a passage in Ephesians that continues this gardening theme on. So if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to continue there. We're going to look at what it takes for our own faith to grow. Okay, so we'll be in Ephesians chapter 3 beginning at verse 14. But before we read from it, let's, let's ask God to be with us as we open it. His word. Father God, I thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. I thank you for the sunshine and the clear skies and the good weather and just a, a, an atmosphere here of celebration, not, not just celebration for our, our students who are graduating, but celebration is, is your children, what it means to be alive, what it means to have light, what it means to enjoy the blessings that you pour into our lives, namely, Father, you. The blessing who is you. I thank you that you made yourself known to us personally and individually as the Holy Spirit entered into us. I, I thank you, Father, that you, you made yourself known to us in your scriptures. That they point to you. They point the way to eternal life. But Father, I thank you that you came. 
You came and became flesh and made your dwelling among us so that we would know you. That you would go to the cross and you would pay for our sins so that we could be with you. Father, we just thank you for that. Pray your eyes uh, upon us as we open our eyes into your word. That we would know your heart more deeply as we study it. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you in your son's name. Amen. All right, we're going to look at what it takes for faith to grow, and we're in Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. Paul writes, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. First thing that this passage tells me is required for us to grow in our faith is, is to understand our identity, is to understand who we are in Christ. To know who He has called us to be, what He's called us out of, and what He's called us into. Quite often, in this culture, we've got a culture that wants us to identify with it. And they'd like to homogenize our Christianity and make our Christianity, make our faith like the world. And sometimes there's very tempting, very, very tempting um, things thrown at us to, to, to do just that. But our faith is unique. These seeds that were planted in us are unique and unlike any other philosophy, theology, uh, anything else in the world. Uh, have you seen the movie Secondhand Lions? I just saw that again. Uh, I must say, I just saw that again for the first time. Um, if you're not familiar with the movie, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't do spoilers. There is a, well, this one, except for this one. Um, <laughs> it's a story of two uncles, two great uncles, who, who adopt in begrudgingly, adopt in their great nephew to come and live with them. Uh, these two gentlemen are uh, beyond, uh, in the grandfather years, and they have brought in... Uh, say, a junior high, early high school age boy. So we've got Garth and Hub who bring in Walter and they become a family. And Garth and Hub are wealthy and, and this is back during the uh, Depression era and you see um, quite often the, the traveling salesmen will come out to Garth and Hub's farm. Garth and Hub sit on the front porch and they don't like traveling salesmen, so they shoot at them whenever they come by. But this one particular time, one of the salesmen shows up, and he's waving his white flag, and he says, no, I've, I've got something for you. I've really got something that you're going to want. And he, he's a seed salesman, and he sells them seeds. And so they buy them. They buy overalls and hats and gardening equipment, and they're, they're, they're going to do this. They're going to enrich each other's lives, and they work the garden, and they plant the seeds. And as the, as the rains have come, and as they've tended the ground and weeded it and put so much care into it, young Walter says, 
what's this growing right here? And he points at a patch of beautiful, lush growth coming up out of the ground about this high. And his uncle answers, well, those are the beans, because it's got the little seed package with the beans on it. And he says, okay, well, what's this? He points at another lush piece of greenery growing about this high. He says, those are the tomatoes. He points at the next one, what's this? Those are melons and squash. And Walter steps back and looks at all of them and he says, how come they all look the same? And what they soon learn is that the seeds that they've been sold are all corn. (laughs) All corn and it's all coming up. We're in a culture that would like us to think it's all corn. The seed that's been planted in us is alive. The seed that's been planted in us grows more than just corn. It grows eternal life. It grows hope. Do you know who you are when you accept the Lord as your Savior? You're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. You are chosen and favored and loved. God has cast his desire out upon you and said, you are my beloved. To be loved by God. Do you know who you are? To know your identity in Christ, what he has called you out of, what he has called you to be now, and what he has called you to become. We're rooted and established in love Verse 17, 16, let's start there. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints. This word here used for rooted, I just, I just love this. The life group is going to be graduating. The seniors from life group are graduating out. And, and as, we, as we take our seniors and move them into the college ministry, we move them into the college ministry. The Greek word here is the word that we see in front of us, rooted, aridzo. So you are rooted. You are aridzoed. Aridzoed in love. So as you senior high, as you graduates, as you move from life group into adulthood in our church family, your personal spiritual attention needs to be focused on your roots and where you're growing from. Um, Ephesians, it says, rooted in God's love, rooted in love, rooted in God's love. I want to take you now to Philippians chapter 1, just a couple pages over. Paul speaks more about this being this rootedness in God's love in chapter 1. Starting at verse 9, we read this. And this is my prayer, he says to the Philippian church, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and be, may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul wants us to dig so deeply into this love that God has given to us and has for us that 
he uses in Philippians, the word abound, an, an idea that, that it's a cup that's overflowing and overflowing, but it doesn't stop being poured into. That our love would abound more and more so that our knowledge and depth of insight in this love would grow so we'd be able to produce fruit, that we grow in fruit. So we need to be rooted deeply in Christ so we can establish and grow spiritual fruit. Remember, none of this is from us. It's all from Him. It's not from our good works. It's from the Holy Spirit working within us, the one who makes us alive, the one who planted the seed in the first place. Verse 16, we see the establishment of that rootedness. I pray out of this glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Do not forget who it is that does the work in you. And all too often, the temptation, I guess the, the worldly spiritual corn, is to make it about us. Look what I did. For Jesus. Look what I did. Look at how great I am. When we say, look at how great I am, we neglect the great I am. Don't forget who you're rooted in. And don't forget that it's Him who's working in your life, and you've got to give Him space. I love holly trees. Um, too cold where I grew up to really have a holly tree, and we got here, and I saw all the holly trees and the holly berries, and they're so beautiful, and I was like, these are the, ouch, these are the really coolest things I've seen, <laughs> seen, so I've learned not to touch holly trees, um, and so for Father's Day one year, I, I, got a, I got a holly tree and a big pot to put it in, and it was super exciting, and I got to plant it, and I got a holly tree, it's right there on my deck. And it was just beautiful. It had red berries. And it was flourishing and it was gorgeous. And as the time went on and we'd water it and we'd take care of it, it, it's, it was not looking as gorgeous. And then it started to look a little brown. And then I don't remember what we did. We did something, but it went bald. <laughs> bald. I'm talking bald. There wasn't anything on it, but like maybe a couple dried up berries and like five leaves on this thing. And we were like, what in the world is going on? And, and so... I said, I'm going to make one last shot to try to save this thing. Well, let's see what's going on. And so I, 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 I picked it up. And, and when I say I picked it up, I just went right out of the pot. This is a big, great big thing. And it pulled right out. It had grown so much below the soil. The roots were everywhere. I picked up a big old web of roots. It didn't have anywhere else to go. Here's our, here's our spiritual application. Shallow. It just stopped going deep. It stopped going wide. It just stopped going. And the nourishment that was in there, it just started getting clogged up with itself. So I took it out of the ground and I dug a hole and I put it in the hole and I put dirt on it and I watered it and we thought, well, it's too late, it's too late, it's too late. And so we left it there for, oh, I don't know how long it's been there since I did that. But what, six months, eight months, honey? Somewhere around there. And just about the time I'm thinking we're, we're going to have to pull it. New growth. New growth. It's coming alive. It is alive. So give yourself space. Give God space. 
to grow you and nurture you, to fill your life. Because that way you'll be able to grasp, when you give him space, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. Verse 16, I pray out of this glorious riches he may strengthen you with power. That power, verse 19, that's, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. This power, when you give God room, verse 18, you may have the power with all the saints to grasp, or as Philippians said, to discern, to see, to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. Wide and long, these are horizontal dimensions. This is this way. My holly tree needed to go out. Faith that's grounded in love will entwine itself in the roots of another. I, I, I have a story I'm going to share in a little bit about the impact of that, how, how my faith roots should entwine with a faith community. I'm not made to be planted alone. I'm planted to be a forest. And my roots will become part of your roots, and your roots have become part of my roots. And pretty soon my identity is found not only in Christ, but in, as, as from Berean Bible Church. This becomes my family. And faith that's grounded in love also seeks to expand itself. So as that fruit comes to fruition... And it scatters more seeds, always inviting, always inviting others to come be a part of the family, always inviting to become to the table and be a part of God's family. So God's power can help you understand the wideness of who you have here as a family and his desire that we continue to reach out and bring others to the family. And then, and then high and deep, these are vertical dimensions. Faith grounded in love reaches for God every day. Reach for God every day. Sounds easy, but it's a challenge. Because the world is going to, as soon as you step out the door, as any, anyone who's, who's 18 or above knows, the world wants your attention. It's going to go after you. It's going to chase you. And if you don't, make sure to set your life in motion with God. The world will come and try to steal the seeds. Faith grounded in love digs deeper every day. God has called us to dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper into who he is. Paul is identifying that our faith is to be three-dimensional. It's not supposed to be flat where we make no impression on ourselves or on anyone else. And it's not supposed to be linear when it's just about getting to heaven someday. I'm a Christian. I'm going to be in heaven. I can live my life for myself. No, that's not what we're being called to. Our roots are to run deep, deep, deep. I uh, just recently had, a, had an experience where I understand the importance of roots going deep. 
as I said, we, we've been doing some gardening, and um, I have a plant that just finally, just, it just nothing we could do. It wasn't the holly tree. Um, I had my hands on the holly tree to kill it, but um, this, this plant, just, it just didn't make it. It was just getting old, and it, 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 no matter what we did, what, what we kept, kept away from it, it just finally, I think it just aged. It was just done. It was done. And so Candace said, um, I'd really like to take that one out, it's just a little piece of shrubbery ground cover. I'd like to take that out, and I'd like to put in something new. I said, sure, we got this. Roar, we got this. Roar, we got this. I mean, look at us. <laughs> we got this. And so we go over to this plant, and we both grab it by its branches, and we're like, and it's not even moving. I mean, it's not, it's not, the only thing moving is like, the, 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 I can feel my back about to move, all right, in a bad way. And I'm like, this isn't going. Let's get a rope. So we got a rope. Because when we wrap the rope around the trunks, and that way we'd be able to put our legs really into it and pull. It's not moving. I said, okay, we're going to get real smart now. <laughs> My neighbor came out and said, what are you doing driving on your lawn? Well, I backed up the expedition, <laughs> and I put the rope in through, wrapped it around nice and tight, pretty good solid rope. I said, Roar, you want to stand way over there? And he said, yeah, okay. And so he, he backed away, and he's watching, he's watching, and I go, and like nothing, because that's, that's how smart I am, like nothing. We, I just drove right across the lawn, and he said, uh, Dad, the rope broke. And I said, it did. I said, we're going to get, this, we're gonna get this, uh, this plant out of the ground, Roar. All you have to do is be smarter than the plant. <laughs> well, that plant was pretty smart, let me tell you. So I moved on to this, and I said, Hey, Roar, this is perfect. Oh, yeah. So, took this guy, we wrapped it around several times, and we attached it to the bottom and put it on the bumper, and the, the rear bumper in the trailer hitch area, put that on, and said, this plant doesn't know what hit it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> this one I know was rated to 1,500 pounds. So, Roar standing back, and off I go, four wheel drive, you know? And it just like, and, and at one point, well, I just kind of went, I pulled into it, and, it, and, the, and I felt my, the car go. I'm like, oh, I, if I tear this lawn up, I am in big trouble with her, and I, no way. So, I just backed up. And then, me to go for it. And Roar went, oh. And I said, what? Yeah! Now we're talking. So we went out and got this. And boom, it came up. I don't want to, well, wait. No, it wasn't boom, was it? No. Candace just gave me that look. It wasn't boom. It was more of a, I'm not going anywhere. And when I come up, I'm going to have a conversation with the other plants that are around me. Now, everyone's fine. <laughs> Thank you for caring about our plants. Everyone's fine, but we noticed that they all shook. And they were all moved because they were all entwined. The roots didn't just run deep. Oh, they went deep. 
They went deep. They went wide. They went vertical. They went horizontal. And God is saying, I'm calling you to this depth. I'm calling you to this breadth. And when you put your trust and faith in me every day, you're going to have some understanding of how deep and how wide, how vertical, how deep and broad and breadth my love is for you. This is the faith. This is the faith that we're being called to. This is the kind of faith... that breaks chains, that breaks the chains in your life. Let God have your behavior because you've let God have your life. Some chains are stronger than others, but God is stronger than all. Put your faith and your trust in Him. Speak to Him daily. Remember who you are. Remember who you've called to be by the name that is found in the power of God. As it says in Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Ah. Now I'm going to do a little something as I transition just to for our seniors now. Um, I, uh, every year, I purchase, I purchase some books for you, and I want to explain. Oh, by the way, before I go that way, the books that I purchased are, are called The Journey by Peter Kreeft. And uh, I put four copies out in the narthex on the table. They're not for you to keep but they are for you to look at because every year that I give these books, someone is intrigued and interested and, says, and asks me, can I get a copy? And I find myself running down to my office instead of being out and talking with everyone uh, to get the books. So I've left four copies out there. I'd welcome you to look at it. Um, it's entitled The Journey, A Spiritual Roadmap for Modern Pilgrims. It's a book of philosophy. It, in, it's uh, written by uh, a Christian apologeticist who walks... Uh, who walks through basically historical philosophy and how it, how, how, um, well, his intention was because he knew that when students left high school, they were going to be bombarded with different philosophies. And he wants to walk you through them and see how Christ is calling you to something greater. I've, I've bookmarked them all, uh, nowhere, nowhere special, but I put a bookmark in here for you that, uh, that way you'll always be able to use the, uh, right there, okay. So everybody's got a bookmark. Books are out there. Um, never fails, too, by the way, that every year that I, uh, I talk with my graduates from the year or two prior, and I say, did you read the book? Most of them say, no. I, no, I didn't. And I said, well, you should read the book. It's over, college, over summer, you know, break from college. I haven't had one come back to me yet and say, I should never have read that book. Every one of them has come back, who's, who, who I've talked with about reading the book, every one of them has come back and said, I should have read that book before I went to college. Yeah, read the book. Read the book. Um, I want to ask Rachel Stevens to come on up. There you are. 
Rachel? <laughs> yeah, they're all nervous. They're not nervous about being up here. They're nervous about me. Rachel. Um, so, you walked in the door, and you just brought sunshine and joy. And you've always been rooted in that. Even when things have been tough, even when you've had struggles in life, you have managed somehow to just bring joy to, to the people around you. You light up the room. God has given you that. Stay rooted in that. Continue to be a light. Continue to be an encourager. Continue to ask the great questions that you ask and keep seeking truth. Don't be seeking to be right, as we've talked about. That's part, you're getting an inside conversation. Part of the, you know, you're looking for truth and keep seeking truth. Thank you for being a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> No, you can stay right up here because, oh, uh, stay up here. Pastor Jim is going to pray. Oh, no, actually, go ahead and sit down because we have a song afterwards, don't we? We do. We do. You're probably helping lead the song. Um, Kian, come on up here. All right, my first, the first time I remember encountering you during, it was during a youth group lesson, and I was, you know, as preachers do, where I'm waxing eloquent. I'm sharing the great deep knowledge that I have attained, and you started bringing up a commercial from TV, and I just stopped and went, what? And then you drew a whole bunch of spiritual parallels out of this commercial, and you twisted and boom, 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 and I'm like, you could use that to present the gospel. <laughs> He's not surprised. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so I've always found the way that you think and assess and put together and hear the Word of God and then draw in parallels to be amazing. So God is working in you with that power. Stay rooted in that. And don't let it be about my ideas. Always remember to keep focused on God's ideas for your life. Thank you. Catherine. Catherine Severson. Um, Single-handedly, uh, the one person who's been able to, you just are able to bridge a gap between worlds. And I've, um, I've watched you bring so many people to youth group. Um, yes, for fun, and yes, for fellowship, and yes, because you care, you know, you enjoy people, very obviously, but that you always want them to know the Lord. Um, honestly, I don't know of anybody who's brought more people to uh, church, to youth group, to, to any of our events with the desire to bring your friends to Christ than you. Uh, keep bridging that gap. Um, have your feet in both worlds, but remember, the, remember to put your weight on the one that's not going to move. Um, you're in theater. And we talked about this this morning, actually. We talked about this this morning in Sunday school. You're in theater, and, and remember, Jesus spoke out about the Pharisees who, when he was talking to the, them in the temple, and he was calling them the, the hypocrites, the, the hypocrites, the ones that were mask wearers, who on the outside 
were one thing, but on the inside were completely different. They, that word came from the theater. Be genuine. Be genuine. Draw people to Christ with Catherine Severson and the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you. Don't become something for them to lead them to Christ. Be who you are because it's more beautiful than anything the world could concoct. Okay? Brody. Brody Molvik. The guy who could consistently take me down in dodgeball. <laughs> I'd have the best shots, the best, you know, zip, zip, and he would just like, ding, out. David and Goliath. Strong, silent. You didn't always share words, but whenever I called on you and drew you out to speak, the words that you shared were always strong and beautiful. Don't be afraid of those words. Don't be afraid of what God's doing inside of you because there are other Goliaths, real Goliaths, real Goliaths that need to be slain. Always find your voice. It's, it's in there. And you're a strong man. Don't forget that. Thank you, sir. Rachel Ediger. Your rootedness has always been in the Word. If I ever find myself trying to remember a verse, I just have to stop and say, Rachel? And she'll just step right on in and finish it. And then start the next chapter. <laughs> and that's awesome. I want you to stay rooted in God's Word. And as you go deeper and wider into it, let it trickle in even more deeply into your heart. As you memorize it, make sure it gets imprinted here too. Because it was made not to be a weapon. It was made to be healing. It was made to bring peace. It was made to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So don't forget who you are and who he's gifted you to be and why he's gifted you to be. Yeah. Michael Cheney. Not the first time, but one of the first, my, one of my earliest recollections with Michael was after a wonderful meal. By the way, if you want good pizza, check in with Craig and Christina. They make fantastic homemade pizza. Next pizza party's at your house, huh? Um, <laughs> and we were over, and, and we were enjoying ourselves, having some great company, and you and Saren and I think Aiden. I think, I think all, all of you were all downstairs, your sisters and you and Aiden and Michaela, and they're all downstairs, and and your mom and dad and Candace and I were sitting in the living room talking and we're enjoying each other, having good fellowship. And, and do you remember this? Saren comes walking up the steps and Saren with, with, uh, uh, with all the, boy, this was like 11 years ago, you know, 10, 11 years ago. So she's you know, seven years old, six, seven. She comes in and she goes. And Craig said, what's wrong, honey? 
And she goes, Michael set the couch on fire. You know? <laughs> and we all went, what? And then it was like, what? And we, whoa, we went running down the steps and yeah, Michael set the couch on fire. Shadow, shadow puppets. Well, sir, keep setting the world on fire. Keep setting the world on fire. You're going to be you're speaking at your graduation. You've been given an opportunity that's, a, that's quite a privilege to go before your student body and speak. Set the world on fire. Um, uh, leading Bible studies in high school. Don't stop just because you're going to a Christian college. Keep setting the wor world on fire. He started a fire in you, and he is asking you to continue to spread it. So be an encourager. Be a leader. Be, be the man that God's called you to be, not the one that you think you are, but the one he thinks you are, and continue to grow in him and set the world on fire. Would you uh, go ahead and continue us, lead us, close us in worship? And then Pastor Jim is going to have the grads come on up and we're going to pray with you before we dismiss. There's one more thing I want to do I couldn't do while I was speaking to them individually and I, it's going to take just two minutes. Would you mind having a seat? I want the grads to come on up here and stand right here so you can see all of them together. And so if you're a family member of one of the grads, would you please stand up? Okay. <laughs> They've been there for you from the beginning. Okay. They believe in you. They've nurtured you. They've played a part in your lives. They love you. If you have ever worked with any of these grads in VBA, youth group, Sunday school, if you've taught them in any way, if you've been a part of one of their mission trips, if you've supported them on one of their mission trips, if you have had any kind of interaction with them, <laughs> go ahead and stand up. This is your family. This is your church family. They love you. Your, your story is intertwined with theirs. If you know the Lord, please stand up. Through the power of Christ, your story is theirs. Their story is yours. You're a part of this family. Let's not forget that. I've asked Pastor Jim to come on up and pray to close our service, but I've also asked Susie and Gary to join us because we've had the privilege of having been a part of your lives. Gary and Susie come up and join us too. And I want to thank all of you for being with us today. Now, after the service, the doors are open to the L.A. Peterson Youth Center, and each of the graduates has a table out there with some mementos and pictures and just some things, and uh, they'll be out there. I'm going to dismiss you guys first so you can go down there. So just come and greet them and uh, wish them well and God's blessing, and there will be refreshments there, some cookies and beverages and things like that that you can have. To, and just, you don't have to stay long, but just come and just say hi and uh, greet them. And also remember the book sale. Uh, take a bag of books home. And then uh, I mentioned tonight we would meet in the gym, but that's not going to work. I just realized, well, just come here, and uh, we'll, make it, we'll make it work, okay? <laughs> so, at tonight. Uh, Lord bless all of you. Thank you, guys. It's a special group of young people, and I've watched them uh, grow up and be part of their lives. And we pray God's blessing. We always have a church home. No matter where God takes you, you always will be loved here. You will always be cared for here. You always have a church home. And uh, we will always be part of your lives. Okay? God bless each one of you. Let's pray.
Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for each of these young people. Uh, they're young adults now. And uh, Lord, as they uh, make their way uh, to where you've called them, and uh, Father, we know that you will care for them. And if they walk in your ways and uh, follow you, that you will bless their lives. And we know, Lord, that there will be many, many lives in the years to come that if uh, you have not returned, uh, that will be blessed through them. People will come to know Jesus Christ, be saved for eternity because of their witness. And, Lord, I want to just thank you for their not only being part of our youth program, but for each one of them, they've served here. They've been a part of the ministry here already. Uh, they have not just been here to get, they have given. And we thank you for that. And, Lord, I just want to pray your blessing on them. And as we continue to celebrate, uh, we just pray it will be a time of rejoicing and uh, gladness and uh, understanding how good you have been to us and to each of them. So watch over them, protect them, and be with them. In Christ's name, we pray together. Amen. I'm going to